This podcast is produced on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Cree, and other Indigenous peoples. We are mindful of broken covenants and the need to reconcile with all our relations. Together may we care for this land and each other, drawing on the strength of our mutual history of nation-building through peace and friendship, being mindful of the ancestors and generations to come. Have you ever really dug into articulating your values and then asking yourself if your values are aligned with your actions? You see, your values shift over time, and being intentional about exploring what matters to you most today and then assessing whether your actions are in alignment with that and what matters to you is one of the keys to building a truly resonant life. I'm Kimberly McKenzie, and in this episode, we're doing something a little different. My friend and colleague, Cindy Wagman, who is the host of the Small Nonprofit Podcast, as well as co-host of Confessions with Jess and Cindy with Jess Campbell, agreed to guest host today's episode. Today, Cindy interviews me on the work that I continue to do around values and purpose. You see, last year I was invited to write an article for the good folks at the Fundraising Leadership Podcast. While not intended, the article that emerged was my story of burnout, divorce, unemployment, consultancy, entrepreneurship, and shifting values. All of my experiences have culminated to a very real assessment of what I value and how I've built a joyful, resonant, and abundant life. If you're interested in reading more about that, I've included the link in the show notes. But today, Cindy and I have a chat about what we value, how we define it, and how our actions are aligned with our values. So using your values as a compass for the decisions that you make can have a huge impact on your life. So let's dig into this conversation. Thank you so much, Cindy, for being with us today. Hey, Kimberly. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me to guest host your podcast. This is a first, right? It's it's just another grand experiment here in the hub. And I'm so grateful to you for being willing to jump in and do this with me. It's truly my pleasure. And I'm going to pass that gratitude back because we're going to be talking about something today that I think is a a gift that you've put out into the world, which is your vulnerability mm-hmm. and how you have put yourself out there uh, and shared your story and what we can learn from that and from your experience. And we're going to talk about that today. And I'm really excited because like I said, I think so often we aren't vulnerable. We think it's a weakness to be vulnerable. And I actually think it's a huge strength. And so I'd like to start by asking you a little bit about what it was like to put yourself out there. And for reference, you know, we're talking about this article you wrote that it shows the ups and downs of your journey in this sector. And we're going to get into some of the values and the decisions you've made along the way. But I want to start with the most recent decision, which was like kind of bearing it all. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was percolating for for quite some time. And uh, a wonderful woman named Tanya Bhattacharya talks about this on her podcast in the campfire circle around the value of sharing your story. And it's Mm -hmm. come up 
a couple of times for me in conversation with other people who I just feel like my story wasn't as important as other people's stories. Um, and then when Janice Cunning and Michelle Malloy Dillon asked me to be on their fundraising leadership podcast, and they make you work for that one. They make you write a substantial piece for their podcast. And so I sat down to write something that, and this is what came out. This was not what the plan was, but it just all of a sudden, it just came out. So it mm -hmm. was scary. You ask, what was it like? It was kind of scary because who cares really <laughs> who cares about this but it 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 was um cathartic for mm. me to go oh yeah this is why this happened and then this happened and then this happened so it was a piece of work I'm really proud of thank you yeah yeah and it is such a great and open read uh and to your question of like who cares I think that's um, something worth talking about because a lot of people care and we care about each other. Mm -hmm. And also I think that this, your story is, um, a flag or an open door mm -hmm. to finding the people in our sector and in, in your sphere who connect with that authenticity and vulnerability and your journey in making decisions around your values mm -hmm. and what happens when we stray from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's so much learning in there. I mean, if someone can read that and say, okay, I'm going to make a decision earlier. I'm going to get off this path sooner. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, a huge gift. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> you just, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yes. Okay. So many thoughts came through there for mm -hmm. me when you said that. Uh, I, I'm very happy with where I have landed now. And there were some pivotal moments where a different choice would have taken me in a different direction. Yeah. They're both true. That's the paradox. There's a mm -hmm. paradox there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you found yourself in some situations where you just didn't feel good and you weren't aligned with who you what your values were and who you wanted to be and i think sometimes we get into this belief that because we're in the nonprofit sector two things are true one is like all of us want to do good there's this sort of like you know halo effect and just because we work in the sector we assume that the good work always happens mm -hmm. um and and so that sort of combines with this idea that like we have to be martyrs mm -hmm. and that because we're doing good work and because we're at service to this good work um and of course no one does bad things in this work which is obviously not true um we sacrifice ourselves and our own well-being and i know you've been there so can you Absolutely. tell us a little bit about that we have to we have to i think part of the, one of the things these conversations can help do is to stop normalizing burnout overwork compromising our mental our physical well-being and our families and that is certainly something that uh i feel like i did hmm. i i our family evolved to a point where I became the primary income earner and I was commuting four hours a day to Toronto on the bus from Barrie. 
and getting home in the dark after dinner, really tired. And, and for somebody who started out her family life with family first and as an at-home mom, that was a massive shift that happened slowly over time. Um, so coming back and reconnecting with my values in the last couple of year, years has really helped me see, yes, everything that has happened in my career and in my life has happened for a reason. And I don't regret any of it because I love exactly where I am and the wisdom that I carry. And there may have been some times where it could have been a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, um, we do need to, I, it, it isn't that I didn't like any one of my jobs. I think back to the jobs that I've had over the course of my career and I loved the work and I loved the people and I loved the travel and I love the speaking and all of those things. Um, it would have been really great. And I hope organizations do this more. And I think, I think they are, I know they are, are starting to pay attention to the mental and physical well-being of their mm-hmm. employees. Yeah. Because there's such oh. a big cost, right? Such a huge cost. And what a shame that you had to leave jobs that you loved because of that toll, because it wasn't aligned with the other things in your life, mm-hmm. right? And what loss for you and loss for the organization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about, because I think we can all relate to the experience of feeling like there's something not right. Either there's something missing or there's too much mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that case may be where we're burnt out or not things are not aligned. Mm -hmm. We know what it feels like, but I think sometimes we don't know how to get out of that place. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is, I don't even think we know how to dream about what things could be like. So can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how do we start? I know you have a, a values compass, a framework where we can actually start to put rigor behind that dream and look at what's important to us so that we actually have a a compass to make those decisions. Cause that can be really overwhelming. It can be really tough. And this is, this is a moment, one of the best things that can happen to people in our sector, it's might sound kind of crazy, but forced time off Mm. fired from a job that you hated anyway, can be (laughs) a gift. Um, not that I would wish physical burnout on anybody, but the beautiful thing about that is you have absolutely no excuse. You are no longer able to function. You cannot get out of bed. It's a feeling of paralysis. And anybody listening to this who may be near burnout uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you just can't do anything. And so when we are forced to take a pause, some beautiful things can happen where we can breathe and stop and just reflect on in, in the values compass workshop, we uh, reflect on our peak experiences. Mm. And so when folks can sit back and really think about a time in their life where everything was in flow, where the world felt easy, where your heart felt full I mean, for me, I think about, I think about a Thanksgiving many years Mm. ago, 
our children were little. They were too young to stay on their own. So they must have been under 10 years old. We went camping for Thanksgiving up at Awenda Park. I don't even have Ooh, it. That's cold, man. Yeah, it was. Well, it was pouring rain. And a wind oh. in Canada, in Ontario, is full of orange leaves, orange and red leaves, and it was beautiful. It was pouring rain. We cooked a turkey on the campfire. We had canned cranberry sauce, and we had this rain, rainy Thanksgiving under a tarp. Oh, my and goodness. It was just so full of love. And it's funny. I don't have any pictures, but I have this memory of a full heart. So what does that mm. tell you about what I value? I value time with family. I value nature. I value being offline. I value quiet moments. So what happens when we're caught up in our hamster wheel of a charity? When you're commuting for hours every day, like, no. Your actions are completely misaligned with your core values. Mm-hmm. And then you're in a state of dissonance. And when we are in a state of dissonance, that's the opposite of resonance. That's the opposite of flow. That's the opposite of ease. And that takes a real physical toll on our bodies mm-hmm. and our families, and we can no longer be effective. Yeah. And that's, I mean, having the insight, because again, I think we all know what it feels like to not be effective, but I think the breakdown is the awareness of what pieces are missing. Sure. Um, And not knowing, like, I I, I love your example, because it just made me think of, I I canceled a few meetings tomorrow morning, so I could join my son on his class field trip. Oh, yeah, because we miss we where they're going. We're going to uh the Regent Park Film Festival, which is also cool because they're a former client of ours. Mm-hmm. Um but making that decision um was hard because mm-hmm. you know these are they're important meetings for my business and um you know, one of my values this year is being present with my kids and making memories. And so, um, and my son, the first thing he said to me is, oh, the last time you were on a field trip with me was in kindergarten. And I remember that. And so (laughs) I know that he remembers, but Mm -hmm. it's like, if we don't know that that's important, Mm -hmm. we're never going to make those decisions. So uh, you talked about the, let me jump in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things I talk to my clients about, and I practice on the regular, yes, we need to earn our paycheck, we have a job, I don't want to sound like we're all, you know, but there's got to be a balance, it's important Mm -hmm. to have a balance. So when you come to decisions like that one about whether to cancel meetings or postpone your meetings for your business so that you can go on a field trip, the question is, will it matter five years from now? just answered it because five years from now, your son is going to remember that you went on this yeah. field trip with him and your clients are going to continue to be successful if you postpone that meeting. Yeah. Okay. So you've mentioned two things that I just want to underscore. Maybe I feel like there's some more that you can share. So mm-hmm. one is those like those core memories that you talked about that show us you had a better term for it, but that's, I forgot peak to write it down. Yes. Um, the peak experience that 
shows us what our values are. And that's a tool, right? If we start to use that tool of thinking about those peak experiences, we can uncover things. And then the other tool you gave us is to uh, think, will this matter in five years from now? What other questions or tools can we be asking ourselves or using to start to uncover or give us a framework to be able to make these decisions? Well, another, another, a, a different way of approaching it, and I, I don't care to go too far into it, but sometimes it can help if somebody is really, really stuck, is to go the opposite from a peak experience, mm. uh, a time when you were in a state of discord. Yeah. And sometimes when it's hot, when you are burnt out, or you're feeling like you just can't get unstuck, going into that place can help surface, because then your values are mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah. Um, and that it requires a conversation and a, and a lot of courage and, and mm. held in a safe space. Very safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because one of the, I mean, we were talking a little bit about Adam Grant. And one of the things that I really love about Adam Grant, and I mean, I, if any of you listeners don't know who Adam Grant is, just look him up and read literally anything by Adam Grant. <laughs> <laughs> he's a uh, um, wonderful resource but he talks about a study of there were 105 studies that asked 70,000 people globally um, valuing extrinsic over intrinsic goals predicted lower well-being so what that means is that when we're pursuing our annual budget, when we're pursuing financial success, when we're pursuing being the most wanted and cared about speaker in our tiny little sectors, you know, wall of, <laughs> um, these are bottomless pits. And as humans, when we pursue growth, kindness, trust, and health, we flourish. And mm. those are just some of the reasons, some of the, um, uh key reasons for benefits of defining and con- continuing to ask yourself what are my values today how am i showing up for myself today and yeah. checking in on that compass to see whether you're headed in the direction that you um that resonates for you mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to then make decisions based on that as someone who's done that and really big decisions, mm. both of us have done that and made really significant decisions. Talk to us a little bit about, is that big leaps or incremental steps? How do we move towards action once well, we know what our values are? You know, If you get fired or you're physically incapacitated because you've been working too hard, that's a big leap right? That's forced on you. But I think there are ways for people to take tiny little incremental steps along the way. And when you have defined your values, and you really know what's important to you, then you're able to make wiser decisions. And that can you can check in on that every day. Part of it is small practices, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it sounds almost cliche. We say it, we don't do it enough. Making time to journal and just get yourself in the right mindset at the beginning of the day. Set yeah. your intentions. 
and then really think about what's important to you. And when you can think about what's important to you, for example, if you're asked to attend a meeting at seven o'clock at night, but your child has a performance at school, when you've gone through the exercise and you really know what's most important to you, um, you'll be able to make decisions that resonate. And when mm. you do, I think you model that for others. You model that for the people who work for you and for the people who you work for. It is a disruptor. And I don't, I mean, I don't mind being a disruptor, but but wouldn't it be wonderful if we started to shift our workplace culture because we're modeling what's really important? Yeah, agreed. And also, I don't want to minimize the real experiences of being in toxic workplaces or relationships, but also I think that we've internalized a deference to authority or like status quo Mm -hmm. where we've actually made the decision for someone else that we can't do something when the answer could have been yes. So it could be that if I just said to my, in that situation, I just said to my boss, you know what, that's my kid's like performance. I'm not available or can we do it another time or what have you, that that's fine. They're going to say, no problem. Right. Sometimes we anticipate the worst and we don't even ask. Yeah. And it's, and so we, we become unknowingly and unwillingly, I think part of that cycle of, of staying where we are because of crazy dynamics and experiences we've had in our life. So when, when Mimosa Kabir and I presented this session at AFP Congress in Toronto this past fall, um, Mim had a wonderful perspective that she shared, and this really speaks to power. And it's a really important part when we're having the conversation about values, because I have always been a boss. I've always been in control, either as a consultant or executive director or director of fundraising. And as a white woman, I had a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Still kind of went down a rabbit hole a couple of times, but <laughs> nevertheless, we need to acknowledge that there are people who are in mid or low management positions or BIPOC folks that just don't walk through the world with the same amount yeah. of power and privilege, and they need to survive. So, yes, it's fundamentally important that they know what their values are and have some survival tools for when the world is expecting them to act in discord with their values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of those things that folks can do if they find themselves in that situation is think about boundaries. Mm. I'd like to present a different perspective on boundaries, Cindy. Um, A lot of folks, you know, Brené Brown calls it being a boundary bully, right? And some Mm. people wear their boundaries like a badge of honor. I will not work past past five o'clock because that's my boundary and I'm going to stay true to that. Um, So I like to think about it instead of setting boundaries that keep things out of your life, Mm -hmm. consider what you want to invite into your life. So for someone who is working in a powerless situation at work, perhaps they want to consider what it might look like to invite respect for themselves and others 
into their lives and try to advance that conversation with their boss or their coworkers. Um, instead of, I, I use my, my children as an example um, because I have had six teenage girls which means that I have had a variety of experiences and mm -hmm. the last one is 16. So we're, you know, coming to the finish line. Um, but there's a variety of experiences there. So in our home, instead of telling folks what cannot come in, like you can't bring criminals into our home, <laughs> we invite safety mm. <laughs> into our home right? We invite kindness yeah. into our home. And it's a subtle shift. And it might sound a little Pollyanna-ish. But this tiny little shift is a way of practicing boundaries with kindness, love and appreciation. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I think that um, part of that is our role modeling of how we want to be in the world and how we expect other people to treat us. I mean, I keep telling my kids, you know, treat others as you want to be treated, right? That's one of the fundamental learnings that we, that we make. If you put things out there into the world, it's going to come back. Um, reciprocity. I'm a huge, and I know you are as well. We both yeah. uh, talk a lot about reciprocity. Yeah. Um, well, you, and, also, yeah. you also find your people, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and when you really know who you are, you're standing in your truth, you know what you value, you've done, this is work, it's work to figure this out. But when you get to that place, I'll just speak from my experience, I used to go to fundraising conferences, suited up with mm. my armor on. And my conference demons right underneath my skin. And uh, always feeling like the better party was somewhere else. The mm -hmm. cool people were somewhere else. Never really feeling like I fit in. But once I was able to really figure out the kind of people I want to hang around with and who my people are, then all of a sudden they just started to show up. They're mm -hmm. just there, right? And... Yes. And so that that's another that's another benefit to um, really knowing what you value and 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 as a result of that you become more confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's such an important piece because we do again. It's it's that authenticity that we talked about right off the bat, which is putting yourself out there as you are as we are and like take it or leave it right and not everyone is going to be someone you want to work with or collaborate with or even know very well mm -hmm. and we don't have the capacity to be friends with everyone we do right not. so how are we inviting into our lives or as you said into our homes uh the people who are going to uplift our values and help us live by those values um, I think that's such an important point. Oh, I have a question, but I feel, do you want to answer, do you want to respond to that first? Oh, it was a bit of a pivot. I'm going to talk about cereal in a bit, but I'll just write that down. What cereal? Your, yeah. What's your question? 
<laughs> Mine was a pivot too. Oh. Um, I wanted to, and now I forgot it because cereal sounds way more intriguing. So oh, I was thinking about cereal. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about cereal as I was walking my dogs this morning and it bears repeating because it might've been on your podcast or in a conversation with you. Cereal? Oh, God, this is definitely something that, you know, is it that I feed my kids cereal for dinner sometimes? <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> uh, cereal came up as an example of, you know, this feeling of having really good ideas um, and putting yourself out there and then going, mm -hmm. oh, no, other people are doing that. Somebody oh, yes. About this. And I feel like I just heard this over the past week. You know, what if Kellogg's cornflakes was invented and then nobody invented any more cereals? That would have been, so, I know on our podcast, Jess um, has an example. I think it's not cereal, but something like that. But yeah, okay, so exactly. I heard it on the yeah. um, Confessions podcast with you and Jess. And I have to remind myself of that all the time because yes. it seems like I'll get an idea I'll go online, someone's already doing it, and then I hide. And, and that yeah. doesn't serve anybody. No. And can I can I swear on here? Yeah. Okay. Because oh. in fact, like the the piece that's a bit of a mind fuck mm -hmm. is that like the you could be doing the same thing, but the people who are coming to you are coming to you because it's you doing it. Right. Right. And yeah. that's the differentiator. And the more you're living in alignment and with your values and you're putting yourself out there authentically, mm -hmm. the more those people, and we talked about that, right? Finding your people, mm -hmm. but that's actually the key differentiator between, I don't know, catalogs and like some, let's say Costco brand of, of cereal. They're coming to Costco because of Costco. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, and, and, and you can only do that when you know who you are. Yeah. You can only really be who you are uh, and take that armor off if you know what you value mm -hmm. and if your actions are aligned with what you value. Yeah. So it's exciting work. It is. I remembered my question and oh, I think yeah. it's a good, it's a good time to ask it, which okay. is like, our values change over time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and I think again, that's uh, messes with us a little bit because, and I'll give you me as an example, yeah. like mm -hmm. I, my values before were like, I wanted, and part of it was like what I thought success looked like, right? Like having a team and having an office and all that kind of stuff. But I actually do think like I created a really great business that was values aligned and, um, it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. And then my values changed mm -hmm. and COVID hit. And I took me about a year to say, okay, like what I want is different now. The world is a different place. And what I, what I value is different. And I made some really hard decisions, but um, let's talk about the change. Can you tell us? I, I restructured I've restructured the business and that involved letting people go. And it was like the worst thing I've done in my life. Um, now, do I feel like I let them go in a way that was aligned with my values and as 
the least bad as it could be. Mm -hmm. Yes, I tried really hard to make it that way, but it doesn't mean it didn't feel like shit uh, when it happened. And it felt like shit for me. And I know it felt like shit for the people who I let go. Yeah. Um, And eventually I actually restructured our whole business and have no more employees. So I did not know that. Cindy. Oh, yeah. So now I just have a network of other consultants. Yeah. And there's a lot of really, really good things about that, not just for me, but for yeah. them. And it feels really values aligned. Yeah. But like my values completely, completely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just because like, I think we have this sense that, you know, we were not in alignment with our values. And then we are in alignment with our values. But I also think there's this realistic experience of you are aligned with your values and then they change and you have new values. So talk to us a little bit about like, how often should we be thinking about this? And are there periods in our life where things are more inclined to change? My experience is that every five years or so, I became a better, newer version of myself. Mm. And, and that's why this work is so important because it's something that we need to constantly be doing. Listen, what we valued when we were, Oh, I'll tell you the bathroom story. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. I hope that it's relevant. Um, But what we value when we're 16 years old is Mm -hmm. totally different than what we value when we're 54 years old. Right. Hell yes. (laughs) So what, here's an example of that. Um, these are actually my own children that I'm about to talk about, not my stepchildren, but um, I would just love it if they would just randomly choose to listen to this podcast one day and find this episode. But here's the story. Okay. Wait, it's sky and chase chase. So sky listen up, chase. sky and chase. Listen up guys. So <laughs> they're not going to listen. Um, <laughs> um, they were living in the basement of our home. We have a good, home uh, that can accommodate a family of 10 people and you have a big family so family and so my children have the basement in the basement it's a finished basement there's two bedrooms a living area and a bathroom down there and I could not for the life of me uh, get my children to clean the bathroom and (laughs) so I thought maybe information sharing information with them would be good. So I printed up all the like 10 reasons, 10 health reasons why we need to have a clean bathroom. And they I can looked, tell you right now that didn't have an impact. Not work. Um, they, then I listed a, a task list, what to do every day, what to do every week, what to do every month in their bathroom. That did not fail. Yeah. Yeah. They, how old were they? They were old enough to know like 19 and 17 years old, maybe Oof. 20 and 18 or something like old enough to know. Mm-hmm. And eventually I took the door off the bathroom. Um, not, well, I didn't do it. My husband did it. He took the door off the bathroom. So there's my 18 year old who's used to a football locker room, just having his poops with the door wide open, having a shower. He didn't care. He didn't value this house. He didn't value mm. taking care of this place our values were not aligned. So because we didn't have shared values around the importance of keeping taking care of the home, um, we never really, you know, the only solution was eventually they both just moved out. And Mm. now someone else. I 
I guarantee they value. I mean, I, my mommy, my mom laughs at me now. She's like, you were the messiest. You never cleaned up. You, your room was piles and piles and piles and piles of stuff. And now I like, I'm a minimalist, not a true minimalist if anyone is, but like, I don't like stuff Stuff. and I want a clean house. So we do change, um, but it's funny because, and this is like a tangent, but you know, my kids are eight and 11 uh-huh. and I constantly am thinking about how do I get them to build habits around these things so that it's not a question of values, but a question of habits. It's not, is it this important or not? But it's actually just like, this is standard behavior, like flushing the goddamn toilet um, <laughs> and turning the lights off. And so uh, it's funny that I have, I have just, they're young enough that I'm hoping I can build in habits and I know it's going to be years of not like reinforcing that. But, um, anyways, that's a total tangent, total but, tangent, <laughs> but I love going on these journeys with you, Cindy, because I think, <laughs> I think what this conversation demonstrates is, you know, we started talking about work and burnout and and normalizing overwhelm um and toxic cultures and then we talked about how to get our kids to clean the fucking toilet yeah but the world has changed the world has changed where the personal and the professional mm. are no longer siloed it's yeah. all one big hot mess so yeah. let's figure out how to make the most of it and i really do think that this post-covid world presents us with extraordinary possibilities that we can take. We've all had a collective pause and now organizations, businesses, and people are re-evaluating what's important to them and what they value and what kind of life they want to live and where they want to be 40 Mm. years from now. And isn't that incredible? Yeah. This opportunity. Yeah. And it's such an important step to make sure that as we create that future, we align, we figure out what our values are today. Mm-hmm. And again, they're going to change in a few years and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But let's make sure that we're not m- losing the opportunity to be in alignment and to live by our values mm-hmm. and really create our reality. So Kimberly, yeah. thank you for inviting me on to guest host. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I feel so safe with you. Thank you for um, participating in this experiment. We should publish it, I think. I think so. Okay, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. Thank you. We hope this episode inspires you to explore whether or not your actions are aligned with your values and to consider what shifts you might want to make in the coming year. If you would like to explore it further and you could use a guide to help you, please reach out. Visit intersectionhub.ca and book a chemistry session with me so we can chat more about it. Well, that's it for season three of our podcast, folks. It's hard to believe that we have had 54 amazing conversations with so many incredible leaders in our sector. I'll be taking a break for a few weeks, resting, and then at the end of January, I'll be hatching plans for season four. So if you have ideas for conversations you would like to see, please do send them along to k at kimberlymckenzie.ca or you can reach me on LinkedIn. 
In the meantime, thank you for listening today. It would be amazing if you would consider writing a review, rating this podcast, or sharing it with your friends. Let's keep building community through candid conversations. See you next time.